Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. You know, I do things for you all the time. Yeah, you help me out when I'm panicking. That's not what I'm talking about. Just things that I don't like to do, I do because of you. Like what? Like, I don't like introducing the show like that. I do that because you want me to. I don't like driving four hours to New York. Yes, you do. <laughs> I kind of do. You do. I don't. <laughs> I like get so do- excited when I come to New York. I never get like that in Boston. It's just, just Boston's just like you know. It's. I feel like I know everybody. I don't know How's anyone. Frank. Frank's doing all right. Did you, did I you get him record. a flash drive? Oh my god, I should record Frank. I see him. I see him. I talked to him once or twice a week. I've actually gotten to the Frank was the homeless man dopey nation that I created the podcast with to get no, the girl. No. Frank and now is it's the defined. homeless guy that he brought to his parents' apartment to record with Helga, uh, and then he never released the the the. the, the the podcast and Frank asked every week when it will be released and Chris eventually said Frank it's not going to happen and then Frank said well can I have a recording yeah. and Chris is like well Frank flash drives are really expensive I don't think I can spend that kind of money on your dumbass." and uh, and Frank's like why they're only no and then bucks. I was like well what about YouTube <laughs> maybe that's possible I still see him finally I, I just I actually like kind of leveled with him the other What'd day what you say I said, look, shit between me and Helga didn't work out. It's not good. Uh, she didn't want to air it, and, like, it's in this, like, never-never land. But let's shift gears, and we will um, – we got a, a guest coming on. This guy's name is Glenn. I'm going to set it up real quickly. Is that his real name? His name's Glenn, yeah. He is a lawyer, um, and I was in treatment with him at uh, the place we talk about several times called Impact Super Intense Treatment Center. He has a really funny story. Um, I literally haven't talked to Glenn on the phone, in person or whatever, in God, 10 years. It's been a long time, but he's a really good guy. And Does he listen to Dopey? I don't think so. Hello? Glenn. Hey, what's up, man? What is going on, dude? Not too much. Just having a super exciting Friday night. Uh, just got home from work, hanging with the dogs. And a uh, girlfriend is at meeting. My son is with his mom and uh, just relaxing a bit. I never have the house to myself, so it's kind of enjoyable. There you go. I was just trying to say, I mean, I, I didn't say much. I just said, I know this guy, Glenn. He's got a pretty funny story. Um, but the last time I think I've heard your voice, or was probably in person, it's been like, what, 10 years? Uh yeah, at least. I mean, yeah, at least, at least 10. Probably more like 11 or 12. Yeah, it's wild. Hey, Glenn. Yeah. How are you doing? Good, good. My name is Dave. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Are the dogs like real dogs or dogs like your friends that you're like, I'm chilling with the dog? <laughs> no, actual actual dogs. I have, I have two pugs um, that are uh, both hilarious and... Uh, and uh, good for hanging out at home with nice and your son is home or not home no my son is with his mom so so my ex-wife lives in Los Feliz which if, if you remember LA is like super super close to Silver Lake which is where I live so oh, I, used to, um, I used to live in Echo we're, Park we're about a, a mile apart uh, so he's with his mom tonight uh, and tomorrow night because I had him all of last weekend and then I'll have Sunday and Sunday night I totally understand. I get it. <laughs> uh, I used to live in Echo Park. Um, oh, 
Oh, cool. So yeah. I, know, I know the area a bit. But uh, and uh, you, how do you, how did you meet Chris? Uh, well, Chris was. I, I think you were. I think we were both clients in treatment together. And then after Chris left, I think you went out for a bit. And then I, when you came back, I was on staff. And then, um, and then we sort of like hung out, and, you know, while I was doing like that. And I think maybe maybe. You, Chris left again. I don't really. Remember, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. But I, I think. I think that's what happened. And then I stayed until I sort of completed my my time there, and then then moved out. Yeah, that was a dark period in my life, Len, as you might know. Um, which is sort of the, yeah. the, the, the. I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast and what we do, but it's like <clears throat> it. Uh, you are. You are not. I, no, I'm, I'm not. Okay, so so basically, it's a no holds barred. It's a war stories and a drug drug log, which we temper with some recovery talk. So, gotcha. um, that's, that's sort of, not what it is. Well, how would you describe it? <laughs> it it's, it's, it's a it's a talk show uh, about the lives of of two drug addicts in recovery, sharing uh-huh. sordid tales, hopes, dreams, and funny moments in between. Well, okay, so um, I hate the term drug log. Glenn, that's so Omar. Omar said that. Oh, drug log. Glenn, what you- does that mean? Drug log. <laughs> It's like a dialogue about drugs yeah. is a drug log. It's so stupid. Well, let me just, Glenn, you're friends with Bob Forrest, right? Yeah, sure. He mm-hmm. he. I, I saw you were active on his "Don't Die" thing. So he he said that everybody in the treatment industry talks shit about dopey podcasts, but he said they all listen to it. Which but I, Glenn I, doesn't I, listen to it, and he's your friend. Yeah, but he's a lawyer. He's not a. Uh, oh, you're a lawyer, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. Um, Bob, I, I kind of like Bob, but he and I have like I think pretty different ideas about you know recovery and 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 drug addiction and and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know, but but I think he's like a good guy. And um, yeah, I mean, I should listen to it. I, I I'm I'm sort of like I find myself sort of drowning in really good content to listen to in the in the car. Yeah, don't mix um, us into that good content. Yeah, don't You'll put be us disappointed. Well, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure that it is good. I, I I've been like kind of. I'm, I I've been kind of deep into some true crime stuff, and I also listen to Sam Harris and uh, and Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan and some other stuff. So it's like I'm just. I just don't have enough time in the day to catch up, but I definitely will listen to it now. Okay. Glenn, can I ask you a really annoying question? Sure. What What do you think about this expression, drugalog? Because I fucking don't like it. I've been meaning to say this for months. I hate well, it. I mean, I know, I know, I know what what is meant by it. I mean, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, I go to I go to one really kind of big meeting a week on Sundays, and um, you know, if you sort of were to get up at that meeting and speak, I've spoken at it a couple of times. I think if you kind of avoided going through all the the fun, hilarious, like using stuff all together, you'd probably lose a lot of the people there because a lot of the people are, are in, you know, sort of early sobriety or still loaded or, you know, in in various institutions or whatever and are there like being taken, you know, for a weekend. So, I mean, I know I wasn't like terribly interested in hearing about much besides that when I was pretty new. So, oh no! Um, I love hearing the stories. I just hate the word "drugalog." I think it's a, like well, a, well, maybe like war story, or maybe just like uh, story. I don't know what would be like a better synonym. 
I just say, you know, you hear the experience, strength, and hope. Stories, whatever. It doesn't stick. You know, it doesn't stick. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it has like it has sort of a negative connotation, right? If you talk if you talk to like some Pacific group people, they'll they'll be like, oh, you know, you don't want any drugalogue in there, you know, or or whatever. You know, it's kind of like a Dr. Seuss word. It's viewed as like not the same thing as experience, strength, and hope. It's viewed as like you know something to be avoided or minimized. I always thought that the drugalogue is the experience portion of the experience, strength, and hope. It's oh, a- yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I think like a good pitch probably has like some and and finds like a sweet spot of not too much, you know. Totally, Earl H could, did that perfectly. He skated that line yeah. gracefully. Exactly. Um, you know, all the yeah, exactly. All the good ones have some. So, Glenn, will you tell us the bathrobe story? Um, and then maybe tell us what happened and how you got sober, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So uh, the bathroom story is kind of like the very, very end of my using. It was, it was. Uh, I had just to kind of set it up. I'd moved to California in 2004 as like a last ditch. You know, at that point I was on methadone maintenance. I was on 180 milligrams a day of methadone. Shit. And, um, and I was taking, you know, for years I'd been taking, uh, benzos every day. It was also when I had money was doing coke and, and other stuff and moved out here because I'd gotten fired from two law firm jobs in New York just for like not really just for you know just being a terrible employee I, I wasn't like showing up I was just kind of walking around one of them I think I went to like I went to jury duty and didn't come back and then I, I got fired obviously and got a job out here at a large uh, defense firm and moved out to Los Angeles uh, without my girlfriend but she was going to come. She was actually working at a firm in New York and was working on Martha Stewart's criminal trial um, with her firm. So she was going to come, you know, it was very obviously like a big, super high profile case. It was really important. So she couldn't leave. So she was going to come meet me like six months later. So I, I moved out here and was working at this firm. I got fired uh, from the first one I moved out here to work at. And I was going to the Bart Beverly Clinic to get methadone. And I was going there too. I was going to that clinic too. Wait, say it again. I went to the Bard Beverly Clinic there for five years. Yeah, it's like the most, um, sort of the most depressing place I think you could imagine. It's always, it's always the shady side of the street there. No matter how the sun is shining, it's (laughs) always shady over the Bard Beverly (laughs) Clinic. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh my God. Horrible yeah, place. That's super, that's super well put. I'm sorry. It's just um, the reception's a little spotty, which is why there's like a little a little delay here and there. Um, but uh, well, so I was living uh, in Santa Monica. I lost this first law firm job, and then I was kind of doing nothing for a couple of months, and actually hanging out with this with this guy who was like a real sad kind of guy that I'd met at Betty Ford in 2003. He would just, he'd just come over to my house and he was like a, a drunk and he would just drink all day and I would do drugs all day. And I ended up getting another job at another law firm downtown and I started it in March of 2005. And I got my girlfriend moved out at the, uh, like right, right, you know, at the end of March. So she and I moved into a three bedroom place that we were renting in Los Feliz. And maybe a week after she moved out here, 
I got fired from the second law firm, so the fourth overall and the second one in L.A., and really was just like, you know, I think that that somehow really put, you know, I took a, I turned a corner of sorts, and and I was talking to her, and I, I could kind of tell that she was getting, you know, kind of fed up with me, and she didn't, I don't, I don't know if she actually said anything, but like, you know, it was just, it, I could just see that we were kind of getting to the end. And I started to think that I started shooting a lot of coke and getting super, super paranoid. And I started to think that she was sleeping with a friend of mine and that the two of them were going to steal my, I, I had a, a dog then, a different dog, that she was going to steal my dog and kind of make off with, you know, with all my stuff and, and start dating this guy. And it was, I, I sort of concocted this whole thing that I thought was going on. It's classic. And, and yeah, it was definitely. And, and like, I think around like April 6th or so, uh, I was, you know, we woke up early on a Saturday. Well, she woke up early. I'd been up for about three days shooting coke in this little room in the downstairs of the house. And she was at this point sleeping with like her, all of her belongings sort of locked away in a closet. And she was going to be taking a flight that day to go back to shoot. Her family's from Washington, D.C. Her dad was a partner at a, a sort of a large law firm there and was really this kind of well respected, well connected guy. And I was, I, you know, I guess she was getting kind of packing, getting ready to leave. And I was like wearing a bathrobe that I'd been wearing for several days. And was downstairs, and I remember I came upstairs, and I said something to her. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I, it was something like, you know, you're planning, you know, you're you you're, you're, you're sleep, you know, you're fucking my friend. I know what's going on here. You're going to leave, uh, you know, and and I'm on to you. Like I know what's going on here, and um, and I'm not having it. And like if you think you're going to get one over on me, you get, you know, you've sort of got another thing coming. And she basically just told me to fuck off and started you know, kind of getting out the door uh, or walking towards the door. And I, I pushed her and said, like, you know, fuck you or something. And she, she kicked me uh, and started running. And she ran she ran outside and I uh, into the backyard and I tackled her. And, uh, you know, we're like kind of rolling around and wrestling in my backyard. And I'm wearing this, this, you know, this bathrobe and boxers and she's sort of dressed and I had this neighbor, I remember he was this guy that, you know, went to Harvard with a friend of mine who I just talked to a couple days earlier about, like, common friends and people we know, and he's kind of looking and watching this whole thing. It just, you know, I think, I, I mean, you know, I can Im imagine that he was horrified, and and, uh, and I, I, I punched her in the face, and, um, and she was, you know, she was hurt, she was bleeding, and it was like... I kind of knew that I made a huge mistake immediately, and you know, I said, "Okay, you know, like let's go inside, like let's." And I was actually afraid, you know, at this point, I thought that the cops were going to come any minute, and you know, it was it was early on a Saturday. And I knew the neighbor had seen it, and I asked, you know, so I said, "All right, you know, why don't you come with me, and we're gonna we're gonna get in the car, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go, uh, you know, to a hospital and." Um, and, you know, she got in the car with me and, um, and we, you know, we drove, uh, you know, to, to, we just started driving and I don't really remember 
anything beyond that. But I do know that I ended up in Santa Monica and I'm driving around kind of these back like streets, like small, like, you know, just little side streets. And I, I hit a curb and like kind of disabled my car and it ended up on someone's lawn and, uh, and I just left it there. I just walked away from it. Um, and I, I took of like some money and I think I must have left my driver's license in the car and she ran away and I was in this bathrobe that at this point was like bloody and I don't think I had shoes and uh, but I did have a bunch of cash and I remember I walked to a, a shoe store I think and I was I was certain that I was being followed by the police and then like at this point that, that was not happening and I ended up finding a um you know, a, um, a sh- this shoe store and I bought some shoes and I just resolved, you know, I had a, I had a, a, a really big, like I just filled a prescription of, I don't know, Clonopin or something. And I was like, all right, you know, maybe if I go to some hotel and just sort of eat all of them, you know, this will be enough to do me in and maybe I can drink with it and like sort of figure out a way because there's no way that opiates are going to do it because I'm on all this methadone. But and um, and I went, I got a cab. I just left my car there and I got a cab and went to a hotel and probably you know probably ate like forty of these pills or so and 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 just you know sort of passed out for a couple of days. And but obviously didn't die, and like nothing even really bad happened. And I woke up and, <laughs> and was just like, you know, so crushed that I that I was still alive, and that all this stuff had happened. You wake up like two days later, and you're like, that was a restful sleep. But why am I yeah. still alive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was. Well, I was just. I, I remember. I was just like, I, I, I just. You know, it's like that awful feeling that I used to have kind of a lot of like waking up and knowing that there was like just something terrible that I had to deal with and like life you know so I got, yeah exactly and I, I ended up getting another I ended up getting another cab and went back to the house that we were living in because I needed methadone because all my take homes were there and um, and I'm kind of rifling through stuff in the house and all of a sudden you know about 10 cops stormed in the house and I was wearing um, the same robe, but a, but a cowboy hat, I think. And <laughs> I had paid the cab driver, this really, this really nice guy, Mahmoud, to help look for um, my, my methadone and other stuff that might be in the house. And he was kind of there, and he and I both got you know taken in by the cops. And of course, I explained that he had like nothing to do with anything, and they let him go. And I then got taken in and charged with, you know, a whole bunch of different crimes. And, uh, and you know, that, that really, you know, and, and, and obviously, like, went to jail and uh, then started a, you know, year and a half, uh, you know, a year, year and a half kind of odyssey uh, of dealing with the the legal ramifications of that and going to jail for a bit and going to treatment for a long time. And, and that's, that's when I met uh, you, Glenn, right? It was like literally like when you had started, I think I met you while you were fighting the case. Then I disappeared. Yeah. You went to jail and then I came back to the same treatment center and you were out of jail at the treatment center. Is that, is that right? 
Yeah, I, I, I went there um, while I was fighting the case uh, because my family had, you know, we got a, a, a criminal lawyer and also engaged a um, a uh, an interventionist, this guy, um, you know, Bob Timmons, who was a pretty well-known kind of early uh, interventionist who I think worked with a lot of people in the music industry and stuff, and um, and he, uh, anyway, uh, he, you know, we, we engaged, you know, uh, my family retained him and he basically put together kind of a plan, what I was going to do to get sober and, you know, and, and also to deal with or minimize, you know, the fallout from this, you know, from this, this horrible thing that I had done. And I ended up, uh, that's why they chose for me to go to impact and I went to impact while I was basically like, you know, just bailed out of jail. I mean, I'd been out of jail for months, but I was essentially pre presenting and, you know, stayed there for about three or four months and got, you know, got a sponsor and started doing step work and, and, and really kind of actually beginning to sort of get into it a little bit. And, uh, and then I then had to go to jail, um, and I and and went to jail for you know uh, three months, and then uh, while I was in jail, was able to go to like the the kind of the therapy part of jail, um, you know, because had kind of a, a an area of the LA County Jail that it used for, um, you know, that it was allowed to use for people that were sort of in a particular posture with the law, and I wasn't really in that posture, but they were able to kind of make an exception and, and let me go there because it would have been, at best, just a huge waste of time for me to go to the main line. Even uh, though you did assault your girlfriend. Uh, you know, given given that I was, like, months sober, and, and, you know, and at worst, obviously, it would have been, you know, like, dangerous or whatever. Yeah. So, I... I uh, so yeah, so I, I went to uh, I, I did my three months there, and then I went back to Impact. And when I went back there, I kind of really got into it. I really liked it. I mean, you know, I didn't necessarily like treatment, but I, I liked you know AA, and I sort of liked being sober. And I don't know, it was like sort of imperceptibly at some point, I, I kind of got into the idea of of not just kind of collecting money while I was in treatment you know, from disability so that I could go back and get loaded again afterwards, which initially had been, had been the plan, you know? Hmm. Um, I remember, and, I remember that period. Yeah. I remember coming back, Glenn, and like the lights had sort of like turned on for you because you were like genuinely pretty happy. And yeah. this treatment center to the Dopey Nation listening impact of talked about before was like pretty hardcore place. There were some like really hardcore addicts there. I'd say more so than the over dozen treatment centers I've been to. And like people were like really in the throes, being restless, irritable, discontent, you know, everything that comes with untreated alcoholism. But I do remember you were like pretty happy and content during that period. Yeah, I mean when you get when I when I when I left jail, I was like ecstatic to see women. Again, I was ecstatic to be able to smoke cigarettes. I mean, that was like incredibly exciting, um, and just not to have to deal with just the the innate—I mean, the inane conversation and just the idiocy of and the time wasting, and then you know, just even even in the better parts of jail, it's just you know, it's just awful. I really I had like a genuine 
appreciation for being kind of out, like being actually free, even though I was in treatment. And um, yeah, and I, I think I started enjoying being sober. I mean, I, it, it was like, it, it really kind of snuck up on me. I mean, I really, it's hard to now, like, you know, I'll be like 12 years sober soon. And it's like, it's kind of weird and hard to articulate the way that it, I wasn't really like concentrating on it or I wasn't necessarily trying to. I had really just, you know, been in a, in a really horrific position that I had no other choice. So I almost feel like it was kind of easy. Well, Glenn, and, it was your um, time. It was your moment to get clean and it happened. You know what I mean? Like I Yeah. That's it's amazing the way you described that because I don't know if anybody really sees it coming. I mean like I tried to get clean so many times and I I never saw it coming and, and until it came. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I always wanted to get out of it and then one time I got clean and I was like I like this. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to find my way out of this and it was nothing it just happened. Yeah, know. exactly. Exactly. That's that's right. Um, well, and like, oh, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and it's, you know, obviously it's it's just incredibly weird the way the whole thing works. Uh, Chris and I were in treatment with a guy, Mike, that we were friends with, and, you know, he's a very surfer Mike? smart. I'm sorry? Was it Surfer Mike? Uh, no, 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 uh, Goldie. Oh, Goldie, and, yeah, he, he passed away, another one. Yeah. yeah, and he was just, you know, a very good guy that was super smart, and... I kind of, I thought he was someone who was in much better shape to get sober than I was. You know, this was someone that, like, really seemed to have a much better handle on what was going on. I felt like really just a total novice. I just didn't understand anything that was happening. And, you know, and he, you know, and we stayed in touch for a few years afterwards. And he, you know, relapsed a bunch and then ended up dying, I think, in, I don't know, 2010 or 11. Um, yeah, I only knew yes, I only yeah. knew he died, Glenn, because people were posting on the anniversary of his death. Because I was like so far removed, I was like everyone was like I'll miss you or something. And then I looked and I was like, holy shit, he's been dead for like a year, you know? Yeah, we I I saw him in uh, in Florida. You know, I went with my ex wife and I went to visit some of my family there. And while we were we were there, we we hung out with him. We went to a went to a meeting and. You know, went out to dinner and he seemed kind of awesome and he was like working and, you know, he's like working in golf and, you know, he seemed pretty happy. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just so strange, like the way the whole thing works and, and, well, he and was, how. He was always know. like that. He was like, even when he was like in a shitty spot, he was like happy, yeah. funny and, you know, like cracking jokes and stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. No, he was like hilarious. I mean, he was, you know, it was, it was guys like that, that sort of got, I feel like I sort of, you know, was able to. I don't know, somehow get through being in treatment for so many months, you know, and now it's funny, my, my girlfriend works, uh, she's a therapist and was working at sort of a super high-end uh, teenager uh, treatment place in Malibu and, you know, the kids there, of course, like don't want to stay longer than a few weeks and, you know, I'm thinking about it whenever she's talking to the families about, like, I was in treatment for, like, you know, a year, you know, or like, totally. you know, thir- 13 months and I just, I just didn't care because I had nowhere to go, you know, I had nothing to do. All, all my shit was in, it was in storage, you know, it's like my, my ex-girlfriend never wanted anything to do with me again. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends were just completely written me off family was in no hurry to get me back you know so it was kind of like well you know just hang out out here for a while i got nothing to do it's almost easier in that state but glenn but glenn we got to i said we have to wrap it up here 
We got sure. so our dopey nation, right? The people who listen, it's comprised of a bunch of different people, but a lot of them are in that like pre-contemplative state. They're still using. I always like to say we have a couple guys that listen to our podcast on the way to go cop in West Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any words of wisdom in a couple minutes to that group of people? Yeah, I would say that. Like, He's gone. Uh, I found that life to just be very boring and uh, and and a real pain in the ass and and tiring and um, and it definitely gets that way for a lot of people by the time. And uh, the way. Stop it, <laughs> Glenn. Glenn, hold on. Yeah. Well, Glenn, you're breaking up. Try again. Literally. Sorry. No. no just, try again from saying, from the uh, beginning. The life now? is boring. That's where we were at. Yeah, I was just saying I found it really boring, and I, I, I just kind of knew that at some point I was going to have to do something about it, um, but it was all sort of a tomorrow thing, and I, I got extremely lucky that something kind of forced me to do it earlier, but, you know, our time our time is really limited, you know, and, uh, you know, I still really wanted to be able to do something good, and it, as it turns out, you know, I got sober at 28, I've been able to build an extremely meaningful kind of full life after having been a guy that was on 180 grams a day of methadone for years, you know, it's like, it's, uh, you know, it's extremely fortunate and really is available, you know, to anybody, <laughs> especially right. if you get into enough trouble. So, um, you know, anyway, that was it. Right on. Uh, no, I'm totally on board with that. And it is a boring life and it doesn't seem like there's even the capability of something beyond that when you're in it. But the reality is once you get sober and like, the obsession is removed. Life is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, again, like I have like a son that I love. I have like a very full life. I have a career that I just sort of fell into that has been extremely rewarding. A lot of friends, you know, and like, you know, and like normal family, you know, normal kind of life problems. But again, I remember back in the day, I would have really wanted to have kind of normal person problems. And, uh, and now I have them. And, you know, none of them are anything like what we all know problems can really be like. <laughs> totally. Glenn, Glenn, do you ever drive by the old Beverly Bart uh, spot just for old time's sake? Every, every time we go by there, which is often, uh, we will take Beverly from downtown to our, our neighborhood a lot. Yeah. I will point it I will point it out to my girlfriend, tell her a different anecdote, like the there was some obese lady with a glass eye that I used to occasionally buy urine from in front of there. Yeah. yeah. And she was, <laughs> not, she was like not my like she's in, she's sober but she's not this type of person. Like she wasn't doing these kinds of drugs or these kinds of places. And she just thinks it's like the most hilarious, like out there shit. And I was just like, it was like a hassle and I remember it, but it was very funny. The cast of characters there was extremely funny. I wonder if we, when were you there? What years? I was there, I was there for really only 04 and 05. And I was at the, the Avenue A clinic in Manhattan from 02 to 04. I was there I had, in 04 yeah. and 05 at the Beverly frickin' Bart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my my counselor, I forgot his name, but there, there was the head guy who was a Mexican guy with like a ponytail. In the basement, and, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And he was like, and they were very resistant to honoring my dose from New York. And I just remember I was so, you know, in it that I thought that like anything short of 180, I was going to be sick, which of course is crazy, you know, and not the way it is at all. I'm sure I would have been fine on half that. But I was on, um, they had me on 150 in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But when they gave me the 30 take homes, I felt like King of the Mountain. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, like, wanted to tell friends. You know, if, I, if, if there had been Facebook back then, I'm sure I would have, like, posted, like, you know, you guys may be graduating, you know, grad school, but, you know, I just got, like, once-a-week take-home, so I'm really kind of killing it at the bar. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's funny. Uh, all right. You know, awesome. Um, so, yeah, and by the way, you know, just, are, 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 is it still recording or is it is it over? Yeah, no, we're still recording right now. Cause we gotta, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll hang it up and then, um, we'll keep going for like another 15 minutes or so, but I will, I'll call you back, Glenn, and we, we need to catch up. Not when there's like a few thousand people listening. Sure. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, thanks for uh, having me on. I really, I really hope that this was, you know, sort of helpful to anybody or at least entertaining. It was so fun. What episode should he listen to if he listens to one? Don't listen. Don't listen. <laughs> Don't listen to one. <laughs> Listen to, the, listen, to the, sure that I will. listen to the listen to the the last one, which was uh, Brendan Novak. You might like that one. It was the last one we aired. It's up right now. Okay. All, All right. right. We'll do. All right, man. Hey, I'll, I'll hit you up this week sometime, Glenn. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks, bye. Glenn. Yo, how funny is that? Maybe That's so funny. It's just a small world, dude. With the same fucking that clinic and everything. Clinic. That's so funny. Do you want to know what's so funny? It's like, I remember the bath so bathrobe story was crazy, right? But this is how shitty my memory was. Do you know what the story was that I thought? I thought Glenn took a bottle of Klonopin, so I got that right. And then in the bathrobe, he was having a fight with his girlfriend, and he knew she was at a restaurant, and he went to go talk to her at the restaurant. In the bathroom. And she was trained in Taekwondo and did a roundhouse kick and kicked him in the face. And then he got knocked out and went to jail. That was the story that I remember. That's a much better story. <laughs> but it's so much different than what he said. Glenn Glenn punched his girlfriend. It was sadder than I remember. It yeah. was very sad. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But he's a hilarious guy. He was like – he was talking about Goldie, the guy who died, who like helped get us through treatment. Uh, get him through treatment. Glenn was someone who was like really helpful to me. He was super upbeat, and he wasn't. I mean, we didn't really get into. I've talked about impact over and over. That was super fucking intense. They had knucklehead group there. It was a group. There was probably eighty people in the treatment center. There was like maybe eight or nine people in this group. The requisite to be in knucklehead group, which met a few times a week, was you had to have done ten years in prison. So about ten percent of the people there had done ten years in prison. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. It that was like a third strike. It was like a um, like a diversion, kind of like a diversion uh, alternative sentencing for people who were facing like a third strike in like a significant amount of time. They could go to impact. And then if they fucked up at impact, they'd get broke off. Usually they like wouldn't get the full thing, the full life. They'd strike the strike in the interest of justice, but they could get like 15 years for a dime of heroin. Well, one thing about Glenn... Is a he's a real serious drug addict. Oh, for sure. Know? Yeah, so he was great. Yeah, he just messaged us and said, um, uh, "Make sure not to use his last name." We didn't use, of course. Yeah, we're not gonna use his last name. Yeah. It's Glenn Danzig, right? What? He's the lead singer from the Misfits. Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig. 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 Yeah. Um, it was not him. It was not him. No. It's not him. Oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're done. Got? No, we're bringing your pops in. We're bringing... Oh, yeah. So, Dad? Yeah. You want to come on the show? Well, no. I, it's up to you. Here we go. The false modesty. Come on over. There's nothing to do with false modesty. Here, you take my seat. And I'm going to join Dave, and we're going to quiz you. Listen, if you really want me to say stuff, you're going to have to accept what I say then. <laughs> well, we just had a very hardcore... Uh, you know, 12 years sober attorney who went to the same methadone clinic that I went to in yeah, Echo I, I Park. Was, I was listening. I you heard, were listening. Oh, I didn't hear the whole thing, but I heard that. But I, my father... Are we on now? We're, we're on. on. Oh, on <laughs> I did hear one thing, though. What? Uh, but you were saying, you were saying uh, how that even though these people were on drugs, they were very, very funny. You know, they had, they had a good sense of humor. Some of them, yes. David never had a good sense of humor when he was on drugs at really? all. It was that's the biggest one, one. One of the biggest wonderful things is it came he, back when he sobered up. Yeah, I mean he's. But didn't he's, he have some MTV show that was supposed to be? funny? Yeah, but it wasn't that funny. <laughs> it wasn't that funny. I mean, I you you know John McCain who just had you know this problem uh, with cancer of the brain. David interviewed this guy, John McCain. During the 2000 election, yeah, uh, in you know South- who John McCain is, right? Yeah, the politician. Yeah, the yeah he war. ran for president, PTSD, yeah. but he lost in the primary against George uh, George Bush. Didn't he just do something really weird with the voting or something? It wasn't weird. It was courageous. Okay, he finally did something right now, and then he he, he, he voted. Came. He voted yes to have the vote, and then he voted no or something. That's right. Yeah, and it was like he swung it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No. Of course. The, and I don't know shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> you thought first of I all. I just wanted to say. I don't want to like get it. on some John McCain heroic diversion. First yeah. of all. Secondly, you loved my shtick with John McCain more than anybody. You thought that was hysterical. Yeah, but I didn't even like it. You liked it. It was good. It was very good. It wasn't wasn't funny. But the but moral it was good. of the story is that David was not funny. When he used, look, it was horrible. When he used, well, when we, I, that, what it was, it was, was horrible. It was a stupid. That show was was a stupid premise, but and we traveled to South Carolina for the primary, and um, it was nineteen ninety nine. It was nineteen ninety nine, and I was addicted to heroin, and I traveled to South Carolina with this crew and this, you know, many bundles of dope. Yeah, to to Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, and I, I was just, I was very argumentative. Yeah. Like, I, I remember I got into some, like, crazy conflict with some old veteran in the street. Like, it was like, and then, and like, none of the guys I worked with knew I, I had a drug habit. Yeah. They kind of had to pick it up as we lived together and stuff. Yeah. It was very messy. And, um, and I managed to pull the show off okay, yeah. though. He was very argumentative, and he shoves the microphone in front of John McCain's face and say, when you're president, you're going to make me secretary of music, right? And McCain wanted to get rid of him, and he said, yeah, sure, sure, you'll be secretary of music. That was, that, that was the end. It was a dumb premise. It was, it was this guy's premise. It was, it was this editor who, who wanted to do that, and I didn't think uh, it was a funny premise. But that was my, my shtick was to be... Aggressive and argumentative, but that's not what I want to talk about with my father. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> he he's been listen. There's I check dopey stats a little bit less than you, Chris, 
And you I think, think so. And I think, do you genuinely think so? Oh, definitely. Less yeah. than me? Yes. And I think that you check Dopey stats a little less than him. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> listen, that's not true. His you, obsession. You have, you have not given me any access to figure out which country has the most views and et cetera, et cetera. That's something he would you love. Know. That's the coolest thing ever. I know. Pretty, I love to see that. It's the countries. Cool. The but countries. so, but he listens. He, he, the new review comes in. He tells me. He's, he's on. Well, there's, you're mentioned in several of our reviews. That's not. That's, that's, that's not really true. But <laughs> but he has all sorts of um, comments. Comments. So why don't you give a couple, and then we're gonna get him out of here because this movie star wants to call it. Oh really? Yes. Well, you guys are amateurs with this with this microphone business. You're you're not ready to make the phone calls when you are supposed to be ready, no. and you're fooling. Around. I mean, listen, yeah, the shtick is good. Yes, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Yes. We are amateurs. We acknowledge that, though. No, but... Uh, and the funny part is funny, but I'm telling you to family members... Have you have you compiled your list? Well, it's some of these, right some now, the terms... Just getting tangent. I'm not in on tangent. Some of the terms that you use, you have no clue what you're talking about. For example? Sentient or sapient. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I mean, use that, I think, sometimes. <laughs> All right, well... Sentient, Sa- I don't think salient, Like a salient no, feeling? No, you use sapient as... As sexual, what it was and it was wise. It meant wise. No, uh, sapiosexual. You're right. It, well, sapien means wise, so to be in attracted to, to wisdom, to, to, attracted to intelligent okay. people. What yeah, else? So you that's a new thing on the dating apps. Is you I, say I'm sapio means you like smart people. That's certainly not one of your criteria. I, but I want it's one of my. It is one of my criteria. You didn't even know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you two to be serious for a second. Uh, the, the that uh, probation officer, where he said half the people didn't like it. Like it. He said they were. He didn't say didn't. He said they How were. How did you post. have access he to said, that? Because we posted it. Was, it. it was. We posted uh, it. It was one of the reviews. So the it was. It was something there. It was an email. It was an My email. father doesn't but understand. Posted a picture. He of doesn't it. understand the difference. No, between... he's going to say something no, about this, that. This is more fun. Well, how do you? I mean, w- let him go. And in the Dopey Nation, which by the way, you know who owns the the. Um, yeah, he just the, Dopey has, Nation. He. Uh, I own it. Now. Dave's dad, Alan, just bought the Dopey Nation domain. What, it pro- what domain name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In any case. Um, he also bought OthelloCookie.com. <laughs> yeah, that, did you really? <laughs> and uh, I made something. I canceled those. Yeah. A long you time canceled ago. them? They're gone. Yeah. Yes, they're Look gone. at him. Why would you think that some of the dopey nation, or at least these, this guy, would not appreciate the show? They're appalled. He said they're opposed to it because it's uh, glorifying drug use, which to some people, in 12 step circles, people that glorify previous using experiences they're kind of looked down upon as not really being in the solution we don't do that though we don't if you really listen to us if you just read what our write-up is that's what it sounds like we do yeah you know that's not what it's we a do. rope-a-dope it's like the mr burns thing you know that was the best best post you ever did yeah but that's what it is what, mr. what burns. was that you're not gonna understand oh you don't get it explain <laughs> do you watch the simpsons no, of course not. I didn't watch The Simpsons. Did no. you really not watch The Simpsons? No. no. There's no. a character on The Simpsons called Mr. Burns. Wait, was... stop it. You didn't watch The Simpsons? Does your father watch The Simpsons? Did you ever, did you ever yes. watch Laurel and Hardy and Abba Costello? Yes. I, oh, I, didn't I, watch, I, I watched Laurel and Hardy. I didn't watch Abba Costello. You guys because are, my dad watched You it. guys, stop ruining the show. Okay, all right. <laughs> Mr. Burns goes like this. He says... Excellent. He steeples his fingers, and it's like his like master plan is oh, coming true. Oh, so Chris, okay. uh, I, I have to say, it's the best post Chris ever did. It says, 
when you realize our show... When you realize Dopey is actually about recovery. And it's like this. And Mr. Burns steepling well, his fingers. Well, listen, that's the wonderful part, because that's the part that really strikes me as being the most positive, is that most of these reviews are saying how, how helpful you guys are. I can't Which believe is, it. I'm, that's, I'm, I'm unless there's your sh- fake reviews that you're putting out I, I can't, I'm utterly shocked. No, are, it's Are you ever shocked about that? Which? That we're helping people? Um, am I shocked that we're helping people? Yes. What I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> that, um, this is what I'm shocked about. I'm shocked that, uh, I'm shocked by two things. One, that this many people listen and care and are interested. And two, I'm shocked that a million more aren't. I'm shocked that anybody is, and I'm shocked that more aren't. Well, that's, I'm shocked by both things. That's well put, because I think I'm in the same exact boat as you. Because you know? part of me is like, wow, like 2,500, 3,000 people are listening to each episode. And it's like, what the fuck? Why are there 2,500 people listening to the episode? Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's yeah. inc- incredibly true, because we're in an epidemic now, and you would think... I think we're in a pandemic. It's a pandemic. What's pan- the difference between a pandemic and an pan- epidemic? Pan means around the whole world. It means an epi? epi- is there a sapio-epidemic? Is there a sapio-demic? No, there's no <laughs> Pandemic means worldwide. And epi is in a small area. I want to read my you iTunes review of the week. Oy. My iTunes review of the week is this one. You're reading the one star. So this is the stuff that I mean. You bunch of amateurs. This should be ready. To I go. know. We don't plan it out. We have ADD. Here, this is from May thirtieth, twenty seventeen, from sixty three A. Who's? Uh, yeah, we've already read. This. No, we haven't. We've read it. We have May seventeenth, May thirtieth. She says, or he. It's a while ago. She says after listening to other dopey slash recovery podcast. What does that mean? <laughs> I've come to realize that this podcast will not last long mm. unless Dave and Chris reformat their presentation, introduce more guests with interesting stories. We are tired of hearing about just you two, especially Dave. That's interesting. I thought um, there was another 63... No, there was a 60... She rewrote this. There was a 63A from a while ago. That's why I thought... It, it's a rewriting. Remember, it was like, that, that was the same person who said, I listened to Dopey because of the, the long... The exit. Remember something about the exit on the highway? To kill the time on the exit to the highway. So this person's still listening. They're updating their one-star review a year later. It was a one-star review then, too? Yes. Read the newest, newest one. I just love that she says, especially Read Dave. the newest, newest one. Most most recent. Um, most recent review. This is what Alan's talking about. We'll love this <laughs> podcast. Dave and Chris have the best chemistry and are so funny. These episodes, I legit LOL. So a, do you know what LOL stands for? Tell me. You tell me. Uh, lots of laughs. Uh, lots of love of something. <laughs> lots of laughs. No, it's laughs out loud. Oh. And it's pronounced lol. No, it's not. Some some of the stories are the next crazy. One? Like, this is August 1st. Oh, I like this one. All right. This is Never Enough by Mayru. August 1st. 103. August 1st, 2017. Dad, you know this one by heart? No. Um, favorite podcast by far. I used to listen to Share and Recovery Elevator just for the dopey stories. And thank God Dopey came along. I finally arrived. What does TBH mean? To be honest. To be honest, 
Now, uh, see, you didn't know that. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. You anything. knew LOL. I didn't. I just knew you were wrong. <laughs> um, to be honest, now I just find the other ones annoying. For one, I don't have to forward to minute twenty to get to the good stuff anymore. Ah, that's that other guy. <laughs> or listen to lame stories about poodles named Ben. I wonder what that means. We have our own lame stories. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to hate, and I know those guys are doing a great thing for a lot of people, but at this point, it's just not for me. I'm not sure what I am right now. This is where I get nervous for this person. I'm not sure what I am right now. Honestly, a normie with afflicted tendencies? Chances are, Meru, you're an addict. So don't, don't get confused about that. On my best days, at least. Anyway, make some more. I can never seem to get enough of a good thing. That's because you're not a normie with afflicted tendencies. Uh, I guess we'll see, but seriously, keep it up. I'm convinced Dopey will be big for the rest of the world, too. Eventually. In all caps. Mucho more. Rooster. But there's more, isn't she saying more? P.S. Yeah, this is, this is more. This is an edit this is the strange part, to an though. earlier review that I later revisited, and it gave me the creeps. And why? I leave you with that. I didn't understand why he gave it the creeps. Now, give us some more of your criticism. Look, I like your stick together. It's very hard for a parent to listen to these stories. Let That's me tell the, you. Okay. My parents won't listen to it. Well, I don't. Listen. Yeah, I mean, I, you listen every I, fucking day. <laughs> I listen, but I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, um... And they and, and the, the, I the criticism of of making it sound wonderful. Well, usually usually they admit of how horrible it was. Who the people telling the story? What about so, us? Do you ever admit how you 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 did admit how horrible it was? Yes, you do. Yeah, you admit how horrible it is. Did I? It's well, horrible because you were horrible. That's horrible. True. I would agree. It was horrible. It was a horror. It's horrible. A total horror. Horror. Very See bad. the thing is though all the other shows focus on the horrible piece. Yeah, you don't and but focus the on that. yeah the fun. I mean the the funny stuff is wonderful. I mean that's no, that's we, what people don't you have anymore. We any do more? the funny stuff and then we do hope. Right? Yeah, do you know we try. To no, do that, but though. the truth I mean, is, like a YouTube character no. can do it. Then <laughs> no, the yeah, truth the truth is that if the worst stuff can be funny, yeah, how can you not be hopeful? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's yeah. really it. If you can have fun. Going over the worst things you did after the fact. My point is, Chris and I wouldn't do the show if we weren't both clean. Um, you couldn't. It's we, what's keeping us clean, basically. It's, it's a big piece of it. <laughs> well, not to mention, I haven't. By the way, you Dopey Nation, I haven't smoked a cigarette in thirteen days. That is very I was, impressive. I was about to even ask. Thirteen That's amazing. days. I, whenever he says he's going to stop smoking, I don't even listen to him. I'm really proud of it. I was in a room yeah. with Artie Lang, a tiny box, yeah, tell and he's chain-smoking Marlboros, and I said, no, I don't need one. I'm fine. Yeah. You said, oh, what? He, he, to not Did light you up do with this? his idol is amazing. I don't understand this at all. Understand what? The Artie Lang obsession. Artie Lang. Well, have you ever listened to Artie Lang? Never. Dopey, so yes. why don't you understand? Because it looks like he's not making it, according to what you keep he's saying. He's not making it. No, he's not doing well. he's not it. It turns out that he's not a success story. He can come back. I have faith that Artie can come back. I think Artie can come back, and I know you know. You know what I think is he going to be on the show? What I think could make Artie come back on this being on the show. D O P E Y baby, H P H P H P baby. D O P E Y baby. What is that? H P was the higher power. Oh, uh, that's my favorite thing. Is when my dad bashes God. Uh, Let's go into a little God bashing, <laughs> dad. dad. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it is funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's hysterical. I don't want to uh, get into. Then why don't you bash Chris a little bit? 
I love Bashkiss at all. See? The best thing is uh, is uh, last time we were doing this three weeks ago. You know, Chris is so concerned about everybody loving him, yeah. and, and he's scraping and bowing and how fun it was to be around you. <laughs> and uh, and then and then my dad's like, "All right, Chris, good to see you." He gives you a hug, yeah. pulls you in for the hug. And then we get to the elevator, and Chris is like, "Do you think your dad really likes me?" Because I'm not sure he does. I get nervous. Do you like? You should no. You need him to lick your face. (laughs) Give me a break. You need to have confidence. You need to. You need to be. You know, David is out there, and he really. He. We were at the beach at the lake, and he's playing this game with a bunch of strangers that I. I don't even know who these people were, and you were playing. I mean, you're very. You're very outgoing. He's very outgoing, and it's good. I mean, and then you do it all day at work. I mean, I had this. As a woman shattered my heart, and I just yeah. never recovered from it. What are you talking uh, about? <laughs> what are you talking Hell about? Hell, does she shattered my heart? You've recovered she from my it. Com- I have recovered. She shucked your corns. <laughs> <She shucked laughs> <my heart. laughs> um, uh, what else do you have to say? I don't have any. I just hope that you keep going and you're successful with this, and that and that more people get help. Let me tell you. I'll tell you an interesting thing about my father. That be helped. He buys horrible desserts, but in high volume. Uh, I don't know. Those, uh, you like those oatmeal cookies raisins? are pretty good. Yeah, what's your problem? I mean, <laughs> those Dave, good... Dave buys good desserts, but he just can't pick the right one out. What do you mean? He can, he can buy the wrong stuff half the time. Half the time. He can't one time. Your eyes checked. No, it's, it's happened twice. Is there something you haven't eaten? Uh, I mean, you eat everything. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, but it's I, the quality is not as good as the quantity aspect. He had a drawer full of subpar desserts up at the country. You ate every one of them. Well, I'm not a beggar's can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I, 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 is this over now? Or uh, you got nothing else to say? Well, ask me a question. I mean, you know, if you were a bird, what kind of bird would you be? <laughs> An eagle. Why? You soar high and see everything below. All right. Thanks, Dad. It's good to have you on the show. <laughs> That's a terrible ending. It's a terrible ending. All right. I think you guys are doing great. And keep up the shtick and be more professional in your shtick. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to buy a notepad and pencils. All we have to do is write a list. Yeah. I, I mean, at least be prepared with something. <laughs> this is all we have to do. I do want to say you do work very, very hard. What do you mean? That they don't know that you really work hours doing, should I say, you do three episodes yeah, in one up. sitting, and usually by the third one, you're out of it. Yeah, this is the best one tonight. Yeah, the first but one. That doesn't the, tell us anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what happened with the first one? You said it was, well, It was a flop. It was all about the Artie Lang story. Uh, all right, is your person calling in or no? I don't think so. Listen, I have an interesting idea. Okay. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'll do it. But this is what I do. It's typical. Imagine this. A movie? Okay. I can't talk about this stuff with my dad. we got to be done with it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not here. No, you, you got to actually not be here. <laughs> Thank you for Thank stopping you, um, in on the show. He's you. just going to go in the other room and listen. I love you and appreciate you, and I'm very grateful for everything that you do for my life. That's, You're a wonderful father yes, and I'm, a wonderful and you man. Better mean that. Too. I mean it. Good. And <laughs> I mean it. Good night, Dopey. I mean it. Good <laughs> I mean it. Okay. Do I, I not sound sincere? No, I know you mean. Do I not sound sincere, Chris? Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you did. Um. Ah, my idea is stupid. Let's just be done. All right. Stay strong, Dopey. Please no. Well, write it. Drop us a review. Um. On uh, what's it called? 
um, iTunes. On iTunes. We could be hustling you for money, but all I want is more reviews than Omar. Is that so much to ask? Um, yeah, of course. What are you looking at? Uh, Glenn keeps texting me. What is he texting you? Um, Did he send you naked pictures? Uh, he didn't send me any naked pictures. What, are you, what is he sending you? He's just nervous it's not anonymous, so I haven't responded to him. It's anonymous. It's we didn't anonymous. say his last name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe if you go back to 2005 into the Beverly Bart Records and you look up a Glenn who was on 180 milligrams of methadone, you could figure out who he was. I don't think people can do that. They don't keep records like that. Anyway. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up here. All right. All right uh, drop us a review, iTunes, uh, all that stuff. And then drop th- us a voice memo. Yeah. We like those. And voice- keep it to uh, six to eight minutes is great. Just super dopey story, you know? What are you standing here for? <laughs> I just, I just like, don't want you to have this standing here. All right, that's good. Stay toodles and wrap it up. No, no, no. I want to say that uh, I am supposed to make a video uh, with chords and lyrics to Good So Bad and Forever in Debt. I don't see how I'm going to do that. Yeah. I could do it with, with you could hear the lyrics and see my fingers, but I don't know how to put up text as I go. Yeah. So stay tuned for that, Dopey Nation. Okay. And write a review. And stay strong. And uh, send a voicemail to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. All righty. Don't be a stranger. What are you rushing out of here for? I'm not. Where you got to go? I have nowhere. You want to go to the comedy cellar and see if Ari's already there? Let's do that. Do you want to do that? Maybe. I don't know. All right. All right. Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting Smaller, smaller, and it's time where I stand. Shadows getting smaller and smaller, and it's time where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave the busted city far behind? I'll take the high road, however far it winds. Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I want to be good so bad. want to be good so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. These suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had 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 and these suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had and it's all I ever had and it's all I ever had and these suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad and it's all I ever had and it's all I ever had and it's all I 
Sleep suckers make me mad, that's all I ever had And I'm all coming down, that's all I ever had That's all I ever had And that's all I ever had